How's everybody doing guys? This is Tom from MLS Aces. I just wanted to quickly explain to you what this separate episode is. I know that not many of you guys are USL fans or maybe I have more USL fans than I think. Um, but I just want to have a separate episode here with a special guest surrounding FC Cincinnati to talk about FC Cincinnati this season and what they've done as a culture and what they are, you know, maybe looking into the future of FC Cincinnati heading into this offseason. So I kind of wanted to make this a separate episode on its own, a shorter episode as a a separate little interview, just to kind of give people who don't want to hear USL talk a break. And, um, you know, if you want to hear this USL talk, I appreciate you guys listening to this episode because I think it was a it was a great interview and something that even if you aren't the biggest USL fan that you should listen to and you should you should really get a lot out of. So without further ado, here's the episode. This man is currently the host of the popular Cincy Soccer Talk podcast that focuses on that focuses on all things Cincinnati soccer. That includes the new MLS expansion team FC Cincinnati. His name is Brad Weigel. Brad, how you doing? Good, man. It's a it's an exciting time to be a, a fan of FC Cincinnati. We've got uh, the playoffs starting this weekend, and uh, before you know it, we're going to be uh, you know in the expansion draft and uh, MLS Super Draft process. So it's a a lot coming uh, in a short period of time. Yeah, and you know what? I decided literally in this split second, Brad, I'm going to be open and honest with the audience. This is our second time recording this because <laughs> I got the blue screen of death, and it was uh, it, it was a bad time. But, Brad, I, I I enjoy talking Cincinnati with you the first time so much. We're going to do it all again. I mean, we can do it all night. Yeah, I'm, let's go. <laughs> um, <laughs> so oddly similar to last time we recorded this, we're recording this during a U.S. men's national team game again. And... I'm going to ask you the same question. you watching this time? I am. I've got the TV set up right next to my computer. Uh, and we were discussing a little earlier, uh, you know, this young roster kind of excites me. you got Sargent up top and Weah on the right. Uh, looks like they almost just scored a goal. So uh, I'm excited to see this youth movement and how in the future we can funnel some uh, FC Cincinnati players to this squad. I mean, and for <laughs> – <laughs> Sorry, I just got that at the end. Um, <laughs> Josh Sargent, you know, I'm a ginger as well, so gingers have to unite with him. And, you know, it, it's a proud time to be a redhead in U.S. soccer, so I do have to say that. You, you know my b- twin brother, Brian, who's also host, and I were uh, redheads. Yeah. I, I, I knew that. Why didn't I connect that? Wow. Okay, so this or, or, is an all-redhead podcast. Yep, yeah. <laughs> so between us and Alexi Lawless, you know, U.S. soccer's got a lot of good things going on for it. We can. We almost have a starting eleven. Almost. Yeah, almost. <laughs> it's about Dax McCarty in there. Right? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, let's let's go back to FC Cincinnati and and FC Cincinnati was uh, began in 2015 and since then have kind of just shown the beauty of soccer in Cincinnati and the state of Ohio, bringing. You know, fan totals to 20,000, 25,000, 35,000, you know, fans to a game and to a USL game, which is absolutely unheard of and has never been done before. You guys broke uh, attendance records left and right. What is it about Ohio and the city of Cincinnati that really kind of, you know, creates such a a family-like fan base? 
Well, there, there's a lot of reasons that, that you can attribute to the success of FC Cincinnati. Um, you know, first of all, I think it starts out where we've got a tremendous ownership group and really leadership group of the club. Um, I remember uh, my brother and I, we were at our local high school, and I want to say it was the beginning, it was like uh, January, February 2015, and Jeff Birding's going out to all these small little athletic clubs trying to feel out the appetite for soccer in the city. And then you had our tremendous owner, Carl Lindner, who he's treated this like a first-class organization from the start, like a, like a major league franchise from day one. Um, and so I think that's that got FC Cincinnati's attention. You know, you have a lot of uh, competition in this town between the Bengals and the Reds and uh, you know Xavier and University of Cincinnati. And so I think it's just how they treated it um, as a world-class organization right off the bat. So then you had the the fans buy in. And uh, I think one of the things that you, you know, FC Cincinnati's first year, they made they made coming out these matches affordable. They're playing it at Nippert Stadium at University of uh, Cincinnati, which at that point in time had just gone under a $90 million renovation. So very popular site in a happening neighborhood, and you made it affordable. And so then people just started coming out. And then the thing that was neat about that is that their friends, you know, like my brother and I, we went to the first game, and then we brought two friends, and we encouraged you know those friends to bring two new friends the next time and and that's not just us doing it it's the whole city doing it and that's why you know we've had matches over 30,000 this year and why we've seen attendance go from 17 uh, to 20 to averaging this year over 25,000 so it's just been an exciting time to to be a part of really this movement in, in our city and this is something that, that that came up this time that I, I do want to ask you about you mentioned you know Nippert Stadium that, that being the University of Cincinnati's uh, football stadium, if I'm mm-hmm. correct. And um, is there, besides the stadium location, is there some type of relationship between, like, the University of Cincinnati men's soccer team and women's soccer team with um, with FC Cincinnati? I'll tell you what. Uh, we have played the last couple of years. Uh, we've had done uh, preseason matches uh, against the University of Cincinnati's men's team, which we've had several thousand people coming out just to watch them at their, their soccer facility. Which is separate from Nippert, um, you know. So the the I think yeah, you cannot um, pass up talking about the relationship that the universities had and how welcome of a partner they've been to the to FC Cincinnati. We do all of our practicing there, whether on the college field or, or uh, Nippert Stadium, um, and we've done a lot of things to incorporate um, the the both teams and uh, the youth soccer involved. Uh, I think a neat event last year. What we did is a uh, we had the uh, University of Cincinnati women's team played uh, at Nippert Stadium, which was a first, and we had a humongous showing from the Bailey that came out to, to support them. So I think you've seen not only FC Cincinnati take off, you've seen the men's and women's teams from University of Cincinnati, Xavier, Northern Kentucky University has been a huge thing. So the club's not only just partnering with uh, UC, but they're partnering with at each and every level of, so- of uh, soccer around this uh, town. And how do they partner with, uh, you know, the Bailey, the, the the supporter group for FC Cincinnati? As you guys are, you know, you're loud, you're proud, and as we'll talk about in a little bit with the 2017 U.S. Open Cup, they heard you on ESPN. How did, how did, how did the club yeah. and the supporter group kind of partner up and match up? Well, I'll tell you, uh, the Bailey is, is critical. I think it's been critical from day one to the support uh, of this club and why people want to come out because the Bailey itself is an entertainment factor. Uh, you know, all to its own. You know, we've seen the support of, of organizations like the Timbers and the Timbers Army and their support. And, you know, people 
and you get involved with that. So the Bailey's been huge, um, and the team's been the club has been very supportive of it, you know, allowing us to bring in drums, do smoke, do tifos, and uh, you know the some some uh, facilities, especially in the USL, they got issues with you know bringing in those sorts of items to a facility that FC Cincinnati doesn't own. So the the university and and uh, the club have been great working with the Bailey, um, and then. It's just you know being loud and and being exciting. You if you haven't seen a match, you have to look at FC Cincinnati. I mean, the Bailey itself hangs over the field, and so you you that was one of the things, the points of reference from the Red Bulls and the Fire and the crew when they came in was just how intimidating. You know, Bobby Warshaw when he played here the first season for the now Penn FC at the time it was Harrisburg City Islanders, and he was just talking about how the Bailey itself reaches over almost you know right behind that goal. So it's very intimidating to the defenses coming in, and it just makes for a unique environment. And you can tell our team really, really feeds off that. And uh, you know, everybody just loves watching to see what the Bailey's going to do next. I mean, we, we talked about this last time, and with with, with the U.S. Open Cup run that I want to get into. Mm-hmm. You mentioned last time you talked a lot about the game against the Chicago Fire, and after I saw your, your DM on Twitter about how you could go tonight. I immediately went to YouTube and I went and I, I watched the highlights of that game. And I just, you know, reliving that game and reliving, the, just listening to the crowd and, and the goals scored and, and the, the, the Danny Koenig goal that was called off and, and then going into penalty kicks. Like, if you haven't watched that 2017 U.S. Open Cup run by FC Cincinnati where they beat the crew, then beat the fire, and then lost to the Red Bulls, you know, I, I want to let you, Brad, I want to let you kind of just talk about that run and what that meant to you as a fan and to the city and to the supporters group and, and you know, all of that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it really starts back. Not not it, you know, A lot of people just saw the fire game because it was on ESPN. We had Taylor Twelman and his crew broadcasting the match. But it really started with the, the first Hell is Real Derby, in which we are so excited now that, that uh, between uh, you know last episode and this episode, now it saved the crew. Yes, um, yeah, which is wonderful. We're so excited about that um, because it started there. And I think that's really where we caught MLS's attention that we could provide a world-class environment and we're going to put the assets on the field to compete. And we've really even seen that more and more this year. But uh, – you know, when we had thirty some odd thousand people show up for that first open cup match, I mean, nobody did nobody did that at you know, nobody does it at the I think that might even been the round of thirty two. I don't think that was the sweet sixteen. No, it was, and nobody, the, the crew was the round of thirty two. Yeah, yeah. So nobody you know, nobody does thirty some thousand people in the round of thirty two. And uh it was just a neat environment. The whole city was, you know, involved in it because it was the first time it was really big time. We knew, you know, everybody from Cincinnati knows the crew. It's only a little bit less than a two-hour drive away. You know, myself, I grew up following the crew. So uh, it was a neat match. And then that that uh, fire match, putting out the fire, that was absolutely incredible. Um, for, you know, first of all, everybody knew in the stadium ESPN was in town. You know, we can thank the College World Series for wrapping up a little early, gave us the opportunity to get on national television. And you could just, you know, first of all, I think everybody the first half – kind of sitting on their hands a little bit, you know, are we going to win? We don't want to get embarrassed on national TV. Well, then our guys really started showing up. You know, we've got a guy, Corbin Bone, who had a tremendous game. He's still with us this year and just scored a couple goals the other night. And then you just had, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, we, we really, you know, that match 
which a lot of people know for having Mitch, Mitch Hildebrandt, his tremendous uh, <laughs> tremendous job in, in uh, the penalty shootout stopping three PKs, you know, that really even shouldn't have happened because Andrew Weed had been, he scored a goal that was completely onside and the ref missed it and called it off. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's just stuff that, you know, I, I, I still don't know how I'm going to top it as a sports fan. That was absolutely incredible. Um, and, you know, from then on, you know, everybody we're just we're just trying to replicate that performance in the in the Bailey and the fans and making sure that this uh you know the stadium's loud and you know that we can uh hopefully now go on a run uh in the playoffs starting this Saturday. Yeah, I was gonna say you guys you know, I think you guys have topped that performance and what you guys did in the regular season this year and you won the USL um, you know, regular season title and you're the number one seed in the East going up against Nashville, the eighth seed um for the first round this weekend. You know, what you guys did this season is absolutely amazing, especially for, for a USL level. And like you said, FC Cincinnati has been treated as a Major League Soccer, you know, level team for its entire creation. You guys got, you have guys on this roster, Evan Newton, who just won the Golden Gloves, um, Emmanuel Ledesma, who is a, gonna, is a potential MVP candidate and looks to be the front runner. Fataya Lashi, Fernando Adi, for those guys, you know, they're, they're, they're MLS-level players that went down to the USL level, and a lot, um, Adi is going to be the first DP in FC mm-hmm. Cincinnati history coming into next year. You know, th- what, what do you have to say about this regular season and what Cincinnati has done so far? Well, I, I really have to step back and give credit, not to just, uh, you know, the players, but I got to give credit to Jeff Birding as our general manager who brought this, you know, team together, you know, three years back. And you got to give credit to head coach Alan Koch. Mm-hmm. You know, coming into this year, this guy had a ton of pressure on him. You know, first of all, your FC Cincinnati big club starting this year, we didn't know if we were going to be in Major League Soccer or not. So 